1: We'll go there, though, on our tour of Israel next year. But it was really fascinating because my boys and I, we had a lot of very, very awesome and amazing experiences in Israel. And one of the things was this. We were walking around that place, and something in my spirit told me to go to this little room. And me and my boys went over to this little room, and I said, I don't know why we're here. We're going to look at it. And there was a cave in the wall, and we walked in the cave. And I just kept telling my boys, I don't know. I just felt like the Lord wanted us to see this place. And then we went back and did the research, and it was actually the tomb of Nicodemus. And it was just kind of neat that we got to see that. But then in Mark chapter 16, starting this last chapter, we read this. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Now right there it says, these ladies came when the sun had risen, But in John chapter 20, we read this, and this is crucial. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. This is how we know Jesus rose from the grave before the sun came up on Sunday morning. Three days, three nights in the heart of the earth, just as prophesied. We then read that there's this angel. Now, it says a young man in Mark, but we find out in Matthew it's an angel. Mark 16, verse 3 through 6. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. Let me just stop and say this. Why was the stone rolled away? It wasn't so Jesus could get out. It was so people could see in, to reveal the resurrection. And I think that's awesome. Verse 5, And entering the tomb, they saw a young man, that's an angel, clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. That word alarmed means to be agitated and fearful all at the same time. It's the only place in the scripture it's used. So they were like, Where would you take his body? What's going on? He's not here. And he tells them, Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. And three of the greatest words ever written, if not (laughs) <laughs> these are the, remember last week I said that's the greatest day of your life the Lord took his sins upon himself our sins, your sins, my sins upon himself this is one of the greatest phrases in all of human history he is risen proving exactly who he is who he was and who he will always be he is not here see the place where they laid him and then notice the angel tells these women this in verse 7 but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So don't miss this. Um, please don't miss this. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Did, is Peter no longer a disciple? Is that why the angel is saying this? I don't think so. We know how guilty Peter felt. We know how heartbroken Peter was because remember, he denied the Lord three times. And remember the last time he denied him, the Lord looked at him eye to eye. Peter had failed miserably and he no doubt felt like he was no longer a part of the disciples. But we know that Peter's conviction, Peter's sorrow was godly sorrow because it changed his actions. Where remember we looked at Judas's sorrow led to death. But Peter no doubt would have thought, I'm not one of them. But the angel is certain to say this, go tell the disciples and Peter <laughs> about this. And we know they did, but here's the thing. This is where it gets a little confusing when you start matching up gospels. I, I'm not going to go heavy into it. I'm already running late. I apologize. But here's the thing. Mary Magdalene goes back and, and finds John and Peter. She finds just those two. And she tells them, okay, um, Mark 16, 8. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So that's the overall view of all of these ladies leaving the tomb, but we know Mary Magdalene is going to go just to John and Peter. Um, and I want to say this. Oh, man, another rabbit trail. I'm sorry. I'm trying. So verse 8, some, two of the oldest manuscripts don't have verse 9 through 20 in the Gospel of Mark, and you'll run into this from critics of the Bible. And they say, well, those two early manuscripts didn't have verses 9 through 20, and therefore it's invalid, and you shouldn't even be reading anything beyond this. Well, number one, if it ends at this verse where it says, for they were afraid, that's kind of a weird place to end the gospel, number one. Number two, when you look at those two old manuscripts from the 4th century, there are big blank spots after verse 8, as if the scribes were saying, there's something else here, we just don't have it. They didn't do that for any other gospel or any other book. Not only that, every other manuscript has verses 9 through 20. And the kicker is this. The early apostolic fathers all taught from verse 9 through 20. Justin Martyr and the rest of them, they taught from verses 9 through 20. So you can trust the Bible. Okay? Uh, Sorry, another rabbit trail. But Mark's gospel doesn't give a lot of details here. But in verses 9 through 10, we see this. We get a quick snapshot of what happened next. Now when he arose, or when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. So just understand, Mark doesn't really give us the details, but we do get the details from John of what happened next. Mary is told by this one angel of what has happened. She goes back, she finds John and Peter, and then we hear, remember in John chapter 20, I won't read all this, but remember when... when um, in verses, let's see, it's three through seven, where John, writing the gospel, tells us that he beat Peter in a foot race. <laughs> Remember, he has to tell us, he's like, so Peter and I ran to the tomb, and of course I beat him to the tomb. And, uh, but then they look in the tomb, and they realize Jesus isn't there, and it's just like Mary had said. Then the scripture tells us in John chapter 20, verse 11 through 13, that Mary stood by after Peter and John had arrived, and they left, they went back to their houses, but this faithful lady, Mary Magdalene, stayed. And it says this in verses 11 through 13, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. That term woman, we talked about this before service, it's not like, hey, woman. It's a very sensitive, tender term in those days. And you're going to find out even Jesus uses it. But here's what happens. Mary Magdalene sees these two angels. They tell her again, and she turns around, and she sees somebody. Verses 14 through 15. Now as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And then verse 16. I always hear my own name in this, and maybe you do too. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary... In one moment, she realizes that it's Yeshua. She realizes it's Jesus, and she gives him a power hug. <laughs> she clings to him. She holds on to him, and he, sa- he says, look, don't cling to me. I have work to do. He's not saying you're unclean. He's saying I still have th- some things to do. And he tells Mary to go and tell the others, and she does. But in verse 11, we read this. And when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. <laughs> These guys, oh, man. man. I could so relate, though. But I wanted to, and I know, again, this is a little long today, but I wanted to get all this in because I think there's so many powerful lessons in this. In all of this that we've looked at today, understand this. Mary Magdalene went and told these disciples. She was, in, in essence, the first evangelist ever. Do you understand that? He told her to go tell them. So she goes and tells these disciples, the followers of Jesus, about the resurrection, and what do they do? They don't believe her. So I just want to encourage you today, because I know a lot of you, I've talked to you, you're sharing the gospel, you're sharing your faith with your family, with friends, with people you care about, with your neighbors, and it seems often they just don't believe you. They don't want anything to do with it. Just keep sharing. Understand, when you take the pressure off of yourself, when you realize the gospel is just a message to be delivered, we're not responsible for the results. You and I are not responsible for the results. We're just responsible to deliver the message, just like this faithful lady, Mary Magdalene. She delivered the message, and they didn't receive it. And by the way, Jesus is going to rebuke them for that later. (laughs) He's still teaching them. But I just love this. But I think there's some powerful lessons in today's passages in that God's Word is perfect, and you can trust it. God has a perfect plan, even when you don't know what's going on, and even when you don't understand everything. Do you know that? God's timing is perfect. He doesn't miss things by a little bit, by a day, or, well, that's good enough. God's timing is perfect. God loves you even when you mess up, just like Peter. You're still one of his, even when you mess up, even when you mess up, (laughs) because we all mess up. Just look to your king. Just like Peter's sorrow turned into repentance, and it turned into changed behavior. Let that be the same for you. And then lastly, just simply tell people that Jesus is alive, that he is risen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, Lord, that the storms of life, that you don't get us off track. You keep us on track, Lord. You keep us on time. You keep us heading to that beautiful, wonderful destination. God, we're so thankful for your gospel. We're so thankful that you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, with us to this planet, to take our sins upon himself. And so, Lord, we just are a thankful people. Help us to remain thankful. Help us to continue in thankfulness. And help us to tell others of your truth. We praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi, folks. Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God